River Bank, we believe you can heal, grow, and fulfill God's plans for your life as the power of God touches you through this prophetic teaching by Pastor Dominion. Get excited and hop into it. One more time, say loud, amen. amen. All right. This is the grand finale of flawed perfection. Say flawed perfection. And this morning, we are looking at flawed but special. Flawed but what? Special. Open your Bible, Psalms chapter 139. And I want us to read verse 14. Psalm 139 and verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14. It's projected. Read everybody. One, two, go. Again, one, two, go. Is this everybody? Everybody want to go. All right. He says, I will praise you. Right? Right. He says, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Say, fearfully made. Say wonderfully made. One more time. Say fearfully made and wonderfully made. Now, I know we read this scripture last week, but I want you to look at it again. Read the first statement in the scripture. One, two, go. First statement in the scripture. Read together. Everybody want to go. He says, I would praise you. Now, you might say that you know the scripture already. You used it throughout the devotion. You learned it last week. But guess what? Guess what? The scripture says, I would praise you. Meaning, there's something about the revelation that you claim you know that should result in praises. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying? I say there's something about this revelation that you claim you know. That should result in praises. He said, I will praise you. And he gave his reason. He says, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, it means that there's something about the revelation of who you are. That will lead you to praise God. That will lead you to thanksgiving. There's something about knowing what God would have you do that will leave you grateful, that will leave you humbled. He says, I would praise you. I would praise you. Is this something you know about? That when you see what God, he didn't say, I'll praise you in the midst of the storm. He didn't say, I'll praise you because I got a testimony. He says, because of who you've made me. There's something about what God wants to do in you and through you that would leave you in total awe and adoration and thanksgiving to God. 
We know how to thank God when we get testimonies. But do you realize that because you are special, that if you have the right lenses and you see what God would have you do, you will lift up your hand. Listen, every song you sing would hit different. It will hit different. So, when you realize, please pay attention, that God has ordained you to champion his cause in your region. Some songs will be different. Some songs will be different. When you say, I am a soldier at the battlefield, waiting to hear the call of my commander. Oh, Jesus, if you call my name, I would answer a billion times. It's different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is different. This is why praise, this is why worship doesn't hit you as much as it should. The psalmist says, I would praise you. The scripture. He says, because I, because of who you've made me. We said a man of spiritual fire knows who he is. And what God will have him do. Remember? Do you know what God would have you do? Do you know? Because your weapon is worship. <laughs> hey! It takes you on a different journey. It gives you different level of clarity. He says, I would praise you. Because I'm special. Let me tell you something. If you say you know what God would have you do, and songs don't mean something different to you, you don't know what God will have you do yet. Some songs will, they will stare you in a, in a way that people will not understand. When you say, Holy Ghost, Fire in my bones, Holy Ghost. You and I will change the world. Is different because listen, eh? You might it might seem to you like you're disadvantaged, but you have something. You've got backing. You've got the Holy Ghost. You've got the capa You've got the capital for the investment of your future. You've got it already. He says, I'll praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, what I want to stare in you today is to make sure you are clear about what God will have you do. He says, I'll praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Please, if, if, if songs don't mean something to you yet, if they don't have a customized impact on where God is taking you to, I want you to spend time getting clarity. Because if you know what God will have you do, he says, because of who you've made me, I will praise you. I will praise you.
I'm helping you identify yourself and your journey in destiny. He says, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And like we explained last week, fearfully made does not mean afraid. You say, you see, I'm always afraid because I'm fearfully made. I'm afraid of doing what God said I should do because I'm fearfully made. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised. The reason why I've never done what God has said to do is because I'm surprised. I'm wonderfully, he's, he's wonderful. <laughs> That's not what it means. I told you fearfully means all. When we say the fear of God, it means reverence for God. Ah! You are special. Can you imagine that he describes you in a way he describes himself? Fearfully made. The Bible says we are made in his image. So he made you for all. And wonderfully made means, you know, because you are different, people just marvel at it. So you were created for all by making you different. So some of us wonder why our lives are different from every other person. This is it. Fearfully and wonderfully made. This is why sometimes you want to take steps that everybody's taking. But you say, no. Because you are created for all by making you different. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Listen, the, this desire, this pressure to do what everybody's doing is, is the devil pushing you out of your destiny. Let me tell you something. Maybe you don't get it already. What I'm helping you to do today is to narrow down your focus and see clearly what God would have you do. And see the traits that are consistent with those that know what God will have them do. You are created for difference. Say, I'm created for difference. And I told you last week, <laughs> when the devil realizes, when he begins to catch a glimpse of what God will have you do, he will do two things to you. <laughs> the first one is that he will present you an offer. And say, this thing that God has said you should do, I can help you get it all. I can. I can. I can. And so in Matthew chapter 4, he told Jesus, he says, I can give you all the kingdoms of the world. Because I know you were born as a king, the newborn king, to take over the kingdoms of the world. He says, I can give you. Listen, what's the condition? Praise me. Can you see how that relates to the, the scripture we read? Because what you were created for is to, you know, when you know it, you will praise God. But the devil is like, I know what you were created for. I can bring you into destiny, but you must praise me. He says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. It's always a strategy. Have you noticed that Satanists like to be very vocal about Satan? Have you noticed it? It's because he wants worship. He wants praises. It's usually the first attack. So many of them were created for all, for the glory of God, to be vocal. 
for Christ. But the devil is like, I can make it easy for you. I can make it easy for you. So he would always present you with an offer. Now, if you don't collect that offer, he gives you a counter offer. And that counter offer, he's not joking with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's not, he's not playing with you. He wants to stifle and kill that vision. And so, when he tried to, you know, give Jesus the kingdom of the world, and Jesus says no, he now went on a counter mission to destroy it and make sure he doesn't see the light of the day. We say the man of spiritual fire knows what God will have him do. But he also knows the games the devil is playing, isn't it? Aha! So, the games he was playing with Jesus was that he wanted to frustrate that vision. He wanted to stifle the vision. Make sure it doesn't see the light of the day. Guess the important part of this all. Do you know the games the devil is playing in your life? Hey. Because some of us are making decisions, crucial decisions, in line with what the devil is doing. Listen, the reason why it's, you must be discerning and your spirit must be red hot is because when you make decisions playing by the devil's rule book, Playing the games is playing. Everybody will think you are smart. Everybody will think you are reasonable. So, Jesus was about to die. And unfortunately, he wasn't with a sword. But, thank God, Peter had a sword with him. So, Peter pulled it out. Defending his friend. Defending the prophet of God. He won't die like other prophets. Be killed like John the Baptist and the other prophets. Peter stood up. Things must change. You think Peter is the man of the hour. This, I mean, there's, you think God is using him mightily. It was the devil. It was the devil. It was the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If we do not have revelation of scripture, we'll have thought, ah, ah, finally... God, you know, they had killed all the prophets. Jesus made that clear already. Even John the Baptist, they killed. Now this prophet is rising and they want to kill him. But God raised the man in the man of Peter, the rock. He destroyed them. One man, he wasn't afraid of the Roman authority. This is a man of God. No wonder God placed him with Jesus. No wonder he was, the right -hand, he was his right-hand man. Very reasonable. But he will have stifled the vision that God gave Jesus. Listen, there is no, if the Bible do, did not tell us, you will not know that Peter was wrong. Do you know that? Do you know that? Guess what's worse? Hey, God. There are steps you are taking that are logical, that make sense to everybody. But you are literally walking out of God's plan. Listen. I told you a man of spiritual fire knows what God is doing in his life. But he also knows the games the devil is playing. If you don't know the games the devil is playing, you might be already submitting yourself. 
to it. Listen, you have to wake up. I've told you when God is leading you, the sky is not going to turn purple. It's only from your spirit. There must be something about your spirits that knows this is a game of the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Again, if you don't know, you know, <laughs> in business, they say that if you don't know the products the people are selling, you are the product. I, I hope you know that. <laughs> if you wonder why you use Facebook for free, how is it making money? You are the product. If you don't know the games the devil is playing, you are probably in the middle of his games. Please wake up. Are you hear what I'm saying? Wake up. Wake up. Consistently in scriptures, we see that he gives an offer and he gives a counter offer. Praise the name of the Lord. So, like I said, in your life, what are the games the devil is playing? <laughs> Listen there. Eh? Are, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Revive your prayer life. Some of us are at the edge. We're about to fall over the cliff. This is a prophetic message. A desperate cry. You know you need it. <laughs> you know. So revive your prayer life. The only way Jesus could have gone through it was by praying. Do you know why? Because some of the attack you have to go through it. Let me show you a scripture. Hi, God. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Zupakapai. Listen, you can begin to pray under your breath and prepare yourself. Woo! First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Are you there? Alright, read everybody want to go. Except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. He said, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to do what? Hey! That you may be able to do what? Escape it. Escape it. He says, bear it. Guess what? It means the trouble... And the challenges you are going through, not all of them will come to an end. Hey. The disadvantages on your path to destiny, not all of them will be skipped. Are you sharing me? So, for a student, for example, if God has said, this is what I want you to do, and you require this career path to get to it, and a course that you need is difficult. You think it will be easy. It might not be easy. It might get tougher. But you'll be it. The terrain might not be good for your business. But guess what? You'll be it. Hi. Are you hearing me? Because when the devil wants to cheat you, he will tell you, look at Egypt. It's green. But God might say, stay in this land of famine and farm. <laughs> Are you hearing me? The solution is not in Egypt. He says, there's no temptation 
that has taken you, that is not common to everybody. So, you might think, Egypt, the grass is greener on the other side. But when you go to the other side, you realize, hi, that the people that are made to be on the other side might be envying you at the side where you are. Some of them will tell you, some will not tell you. Because the Bible tells us that there is no temptation that has taken you that is not common to everybody. Have you been talking to someone before and you say your case is even better? And you explain why. And the person will say your own case is even better and explain why. Have you experienced that before? There's no temptation. There's nothing you are going through. What you, where you think that this person's own is easier, you are joking. Hey, God. Are you hearing me? All of it is the lie of the devil. Listen, he would test everybody. Will, can I help you achieve what God has said you should do? If you say no, he will say, okay, I will fight you and you will not achieve it. Everybody. No matter how good you think their place is. No matter how advantageous you think their place is, he will fight you. He did it to Jesus. Let me show you some other people he did it to. Look at Hebrews <laughs> chapter 11. I want to read very long read from verse 32 to 38. Hebrews chapter 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 32 to 38. Are you ready? All right, read together. Everybody wants to go. Thirty-five. Women received their dead back to life again. Others were not accepting. He says they that they might obtain a better resurrection. Everything is a testimony of faith. <laughs> Everything is a testimony that the person was confident in what God said they would do. So, when you read the story of some people like David. Like Samson, you would think their story is good. You think Samson's story is good. You actually sit down and assume that Samson enjoyed his life. Have they plucked your eyes off before? <laughs> ah! David. You know, it's only after David had died that people appreciate David. David knew. Ah, God that his son will sit upon the throne, his kingdom will be divided, and his son will lie with his wife. How is that for legacy? Because of one moment of carelessness where he allowed the devil to have his way. Please get serious. I hear what I'm saying? Get serious. The Bible says in verse 37, it said they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheep clothing and goatskin, destitute and afflicted and tormented. 
And all of it is a story of faith. All of it is a story of faith. So, what should you do? I told you, revive your prayer life. We're probably going to talk about that next month. Revive it. Revive it. You know the reason why? Because it says, God will make a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. <laughs> so, that you are special does not mean to not be tough. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You must build spine. When I taught you the reasons why believers must pray, one of them is edification. It means to build strengths. It means to do what? Jude 22. He says, building up yourself. Building up yourself. Building up yourself. Building up yourself. Have you built yourself? Listen, eh? When you know the attack of the enemy, some of them you would, you would avoid. Some of them you build yourself. You build capacity. Hey. So that you are able to bear it. So you're able to bear it. So how do you elevate your Christian experience? I mean, you know that you're special to God, but it doesn't feel that way. What do you do? Mark chapter 4, verse 14, verse 18 to 20. Mark 4, 14. Grace, are you writing? Come and see nothing. Mark 4, 14. Next, okay. So he says, The sower went to sow what the word, isn't it? All right, and then verse 18 he says, Now these are the ones that were sown among thorns. The devil has started again because what's the word, what God has said concerning you, the things he has said you will do, what he has said about you, this is who you are, fearfully and wonderfully made, created for all by making you different. This is what I want to do in your life. Then he says, those that were sown among thorns are the ones who hear the word and what? And what? And the... Aha. Maybe you didn't catch it. <laughs> he would first present to you maybe an, 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 an offer of abundance. Deceitfulness of riches. And then, if you say no, then the cares of this world will call your attention, will call your name. Hey. This is it. He would always present an offer and a counter offer. Are you hearing me? He would always pre present an offer and a counter offer. So, now that God has said, this is what I'm going to do, he says, I will choke it. I will choke it. So, he says, and the cares of this world, I've told you it's anxiety, distracting thoughts. So, all of the thoughts 
that are making you think that what God has said to do is not possible. That's what he's talking about. All of the other important reasons why you are not focusing on what God is saying about you and what he wants to do through you is what he's describing. Is what he's describing. He says, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entertaining choke the world and it becomes unfruitful. Read this verse 19. Verse 19, read together. Everybody wants to go. So, this is what has happened to the prophecy that many of us have received. This is what has happened. This is why some of us don't even believe that we can do what God has said we should do. Can I tell you something? Listen, when God tells you to do something, he will tell you to do something that is way bigger than your capacity. Do you know that? And so, almost naturally, you start worrying. You start feeling disqualified. And so the devil brings you an offer. Can I help you? When you say no, so something that is already difficult, you'll make it tougher. <laughs> this is why many of us start but stop. It's an attack. But what do you do? You build capacity. But that's only half of the equation. The other half of the equation is that you must focus on the word. You must remember what God has told you. He told Joshua, if you are going to fulfill the prophecy over your life, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. This is why I said, oh, that when you see what God has said about you, songs will mean something different. Because as you put those lyrics on your mouth, they strengthen your conviction of what God has said concerning you. They strengthen it. They open you to possibilities. They make you see that your capacity is enlarged to do every single thing. Ha! You will realize that God wasn't mincing words when he told you what he wanted to do through your life. You realize that you have grace. And when the tough times come, you will keep forging ahead as if there was nothing. <laughs> what I'm telling you is this. On your path to destiny, it will be tough. But you must rise above the wave, above the storm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Verse 20. He said, but these are the ones that were sown, that were Sorry, these are the ones sown on good ground. Now, I'm about to show you how to fulfill the prophecy of your life. Are you ready? Yes, sir. He says, these are the ones that were sown on good grounds. He says, those who hear the word. So, that's where it starts from. Have you heard what God has said you should do? I don't have the time to do a bit of Bible study, but if you check a good Greek rendering of this text, 
he's talking about those that continue to hear. Those that do what? Those that do what? Aha. Meaning, <laughs> you can't hear the prophecy of your life just once. Can only one person be there? It's distracting every other person. He says, so you can't hear the prophecy of your life only once. So he says, those who hear the word and do what? And do what? He says, those that hear the word and accept it. He says, and bear fruit. So, the first one is that you must continue to hear what God has said. You must do what? Exactly. Now, God doesn't need to necessarily tell you again and again. And sometimes he will. He will. But... Every other thing that happens must be a reminder, must be telling you what God has said. The scriptures must be telling you what God has said. The coincidences must be telling you what God has said. The lyrics of the songs must be telling you what God has said. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There must be a reminder, a reminder a reminder. Listen, it's meant to be, hey, it's meant to be regular. It's meant to be daily. God must be telling you something every day. There's an addition to the vision he has given you. He must be telling you something, giving you an instruction, giving you a revelation. Something that is adding to the strength of your conviction about your vision. Every day, he told Joshua, meditate day and night. Hi, God. Listen, I'm literally releasing to you the jackpot of your destiny from God's word. So, maybe you are wondering, I, I thought I was very zealous for this thing. How did I become cold? It's little by little. It was seeping out small every day. Do you know how you know you're truly praying? <laughs> when God is giving you a daily reminder, a daily revelation, a daily strengthening, a daily burdening concerning what he said to do. If you have not gotten that, my friend, you've not prayed. <laughs> you've not prayed. You've not prayed. God, you think God wants to talk about what he wants to do in your life once in a while? Hi, <laughs> God. This is why you realize that in special seasons of devotion, God will be talking about it from morning to night. Everything will be telling you about it. Why? Because the way you know you are praying is that there is a daily reminder. There's a daily reminder. Sometimes it's instructions. This is why sometimes he, he, he tells you to do something. You don't do it. When you go to pray, when you hit that threshold in the spirit, you remind you, go and do this thing. That's it in the word. <laughs> that those that will bear fruits, he says, those that continue 
to hear the word. What has God told you today about the vision? What has he told you? Listen, I'm helping you with practical markers, indicators to know if you are praying as you should. If the burden does not become heavier, thicker, ah, guys, you need to pray. <laughs> if your zeal, your resilience, if your audacity doesn't grow, you're not praying. And let me say this. This prayer is not God, you know, it's that it's not a request. It's I'm ready. Anything you want to say to me, say. Are you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're discouraged, you've not prayed. <laughs> because you built strength. You must have an assurance that nobody knows where it's from. Nobody. So he says, the one sown on good ground so, you are responsible for making your heart a good soil. Ah! Makapash. Zuta tekipata. What this kind of prayer does is that it removes the weed. It removes the distracting thoughts. Your, your, the soil of your heart is so rested in hope. That's what it does. That's part of what the build-up is. This week, make sure you pray. Pray until God tells you by himself what he's sending you to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pray until there is, a, until there is this holy anger and passion and confidence that I can do this thing. I, I can do it. And that's no way to stop. When you hit that point, then you maintain the right that every time you pray, God is constantly reminding you, constantly adding to what he has said, constantly clarifying the vision. Sometimes what he does is reveals the stratagems of the devil. He just reveals them to you. And by the wisdom of God's word, you are able to know how to counter them. How to counter them. Listen, can I, can I be honest with you? Take or go on a special season of devotion if you are not here at this point at all. There's no better way to help you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just if you're, if you're waiting for God to tell you to go and fast, to go and pray, ah, you are not spiritually intelligent. You take a special season of devotion. Every day you are seeking the face of God. 
you are looking at the vistas of the Spirit until it hits you. And you pray until even your emotions are, you know, affected, influenced. Guess what? That's what the next one says. When he says, those who hear the word, when he says, and accept it, what it means is to welcome it. It's actually an emotional response. Go and study the word. It's an emotional response to the word. There's something about what God says that stirs you up. That puts fire in your eyes. That's what it means by accept it. It's not, uh, I agree. <laughs> Listen. Oh, you notice that everybody that has done what God said they should do, there was an emotional response. There was anger against anything that wanted to stop it. Their satisfaction, their joy was in doing the will of God. John chapter 4, Jesus was hungry. His disciples went to get food. But when he met the woman at the well and he was done, he says, I have food that I don't know about. There was something satisfying about it. That's what accept it means. I'm not even coming up with it. That's actually what the word means when you study it. It means to welcome it. To embrace it. To accept it your reality. So when God says, I'm going to use you for your city, you must embrace it. You must embody it. You must personalize it. When he says your business is going to open up, you must see yourself through the lens of that prophecy. Are you hearing me? Stop allowing the lack, the limitations to stop you. You must, you must see yourself through the lens of that word. You must begin to feel it. He says those that continue to hear it and it envelops them, it, it, it carries over them, it takes over them. He said, these are the ones that produce fruits. Listen, he told you if you do these two things, your destiny is sure. Because you and the Holy Ghost will change the world. But if that supernatural result is going to happen, there is the sovereign will of God, but there is confidence. Palpable audacity in what God has said. Please, I want this week that has just passed to be the last week you are not sure of what God will say you should do. I want, to, I want us to be able to feel it. I hear what I'm saying. You know, I've told you, man, God is so good. He didn't say, go and fulfill your destiny by yourself. He didn't say that. He said, it is me that is at work in you. There must be that partnership. But you must make yourself a conducive environment, vessel unto honor, tried with fire. I hear what I'm saying. You make yourself that man. You make yourself the man that God uses. You must be able to create pictures. We talked about that last night during devotion. Pictures of your future through the scriptures. Let there be images. 
As you blast in other tongues, let there be that image. That's what he told Abraham. He said, look at the stars. Let it take over you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let there be a heartfelt response. Final scripture. <laughs> ah, the devil is in trouble. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. I told you he would always present two offers and we saw them. It's either he does the deception of riches or he does the cares of the world. But no matter what he has done, all of those things are turns to choke the word. Anybody that opens up himself continue every day receiving what God has said and response from his spirits, all of those stones will be taken away and your heart will be fertile ground for God to do everything he wants to do. Now look at Psalm chapter 1, 3, 9. We'll read from verse 16 to 18. Psalm 1, 3, 9. Whoosh! <laughs> Say, I'm special. I'm different. Say it again, I'm special. You're not saying like someone that knows. Say, I'm special. Say, I'm different. And I'll fulfill my destiny. We're going to take some time to pray this morning. And I want you to vex. I want you to be mad at the devil. I want you to insist. Whether I know what God has said to do or not, I will do it. My heart is going to be transformed. And from my spirit, I, I take from within, I put upon. And I change my world. Is that a testimony of your life? Yes, Alright. Psalm 139 verse 16. He says, Your eyes saw my substance. A being yet unformed. Now he's talking about you. Before he created you. He saw every bit of you. He says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your books, in your books, they all were written. Hey, God. He says, the days fashioned for me. When as yet, they were known like them. 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me. He's describing you. Listen, I don't want you to think you're one in, in, in seven or eight billion. Look at how he's paying attention to you. Ah, you're special. He says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. He says, if I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. I think that's an obsession. He says, if I should count your thoughts towards me, thoughts that he told Jeremiah, thoughts of good and a future. Aye. You see why I say he talks to you every day about your plan, his plans for you, right? He says, if I should count them, the thoughts I have towards you, he says, they are more in numbers than the sand. He's always thinking about you. Ah, my future is so bright. I mean, if a man was thinking about the great things he wants to do for me and he's more than the sand of the seashore, that's big. 
Imagine someone is organizing, you know, surprise birthday for you, and he lines up things as much as the sand of the seashore. At the point, you'll be like, is it not too much? But then there is God, the transcendent one. He says, if I count the thoughts that you have towards me, they are more in number than the sand. Listen, you are special. And I know that the devil is attacking you, but you are. You are. You are. You are. Allow God open your eyes to see the thought he's thinking towards you. Are you ready to pray? Have you been blessed this morning? Please rise up on your feet. Let's begin to pray in the